0: At the well, Jesus saw the depth of the heart of a broken woman and loved her into conversion
1: and mission. Likewise, we long to encounter the one who loves, redeems, and fulfills us, and you're invited to join in.
0: This is the podcast at the well.
1: Welcome back everyone to At The Well Season 4, Episode 2. We are delighted to be with you here as we continue our walk through the joyful mysteries of the Rosary, which are so packed full of virtue and grace that we can take away. I will lead us into the second joyful mystery, which is the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I just thought what would be a fitting prayer for us would be to reflect on the words of Elizabeth after Mary visits her. So this is from the Gospel of Luke. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great. Thank
0: you, Erica, for putting us into that time of the visitation where Mary came to see Elizabeth, her cousin. There is just so much in this particular mystery. I don't even know how we're going to try to unpack all of it in one episode, but, you know, we're just going to try to give a few pieces of some of the reflections we've had for all of you. And, uh, Hopefully something that struck you is within what we talk about today. However, if it isn't, by all means, we love hearing from our listeners. You can make notes about it, send it to us, email it to us, atthewell at gmail.com. And we would love to hear what you have to say. But for now, um, I'd like to ask Erica, what did you think about this particular mystery during this particular season of your life? Because, you know, sometimes we pick up different points of the mystery as we reflect on it and pray the rosary.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with the idea that one can be praying this prayer, the mysteries of the rosary their whole life and, and different things resonate with you, right? At different moments in your life. So... For me actually I think one of the reflections that really struck me as I began to read this mystery after marriage was this difference between what is happening in the fertility stories of Mary and Elizabeth and maybe this came from you know getting married having a lot of friends and family who got married and then hearing how people grow their families in the wonderful case of welcoming a child or sometimes even struggle with infertility when that child does not come as fast as initially expected. So I look at the story and I actually see what seems like a paradox at first, because there's Mary who has just recently at the annunciation been called to accept a pregnancy that she did not expect, uh, especially since she's virginal, right? And and really, this is a biological miracle that's happened. Um, And there is a struggle because she now knows that Her life is in danger in order to carry out this pregnancy and have Joseph's support. There will be forces against them from the beginning. And yet what I find moving is that her very first mission, her very first sense of journey after that news is to go and visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is in seemingly a completely different fertility situation. She has been married a very long time to Zachariah, and they have been waiting for their whole marriage for a child uh, who has not come yet this this child of the promise John the Baptist right and obviously we we do know from the narrative that prior to this event Zechariah like Mary was visited by an angel and told that they would conceive um and he was he was struck down and made mute because of his disbelief i find it really moving as i read through this that they seem like very different pregnancy situations unexpected pregnancy finding hope and promise and faith in the middle of infertility. But I actually see how both stories call for a phenomenal amount of trust. Uh, Both women have to ultimately surrender their lives and their fertility stories to God and trust that he is working through these moments of their life, even the moments of suffering, the moments of joy. And I really just love how Throughout this mystery, I become more and more aware of how God is present to the whole phase of human formation from birth to death to all of the fertility things that married couples encounter along the way. So I'm moved by the humility that both women have because even Elizabeth's reaction now she could say, you know, oh, I've, I've conceived after such a long time. And there may be this temptation almost to feel really good and not need God. But it's interesting how it's, it's as if the whole of her infertility journey was moving her to a greater amount of trust and humility, such that when this prayer is answered, she grows more and more independence of God. And she actually focuses less on herself And uses the whole of her speech to praise Mary and what God has been doing in Mary, her cousin. So I just see so much humility and obviously Mary in turn doesn't say thank you I'm wonderful but she actually says my soul magnifies the Lord so she turns it back to God. So they are very different stories um, and also very similar and both women use this opportunity to glorify God and show how he has been working in this. So that's a little snippet of what comes to mind. And there's, there's a lot for sure. But what about you, Rach? What strikes you?
0: Oh my gosh, before I even get into it, I just wanted to respond to, to your thoughts and your reflection. There's so much in there. And we talk about this particular mystery and the virtues that accompany mysteries. And one of the virtues that are generally associated with this mystery is charity and love for thy neighbor. And just the mere fact that you mentioned this reception of God's love and a fulfillment of a promise. And to to the fact that they take that, they receive it, and then they then outwardly show it, to the rest of the world, whoever that may be, in this case, each other. And there's so much love that goes into Mary traveling all of this way to share this joy, to share this gift, this blessing from God with her cousin, Elizabeth. This journey that she makes is actually one that's very... Potentially dangerous for someone who is pregnant. Um, it's not an easy travel. And she has to do this twice, there and back, right? Um, and she gives of herself and gives of her time to her cousin for three months as she helps her prepare for the coming of St. John the Baptist. And she does this instantly. We hear in the gospel reading, Mary sets out and went with haste. Like she didn't just take her time to get there, she went quickly. Um, after receiving the Lord inside of her womb and with him it's almost like this courage comes to love somebody like you've never loved them before and Elizabeth receiving a gift as well is just like full of God's love also and in awe of God's wonder and his works in her that she also is just so amazed by What has happened that she's so excited that she lets out this loud cry and and says, blessed are you amongst women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Like there's just this joy and love. And that's where the charity, like if we all greeted each other with that same excitement that they greeted each other with, you know, we always see this in the icon of the visitation, When when you see the look in each other's eyes and the love in each other's eyes to just be so happy and excited and joyful to see one another and be able to serve one another and share that joy with one another. It's such a beautiful experience of God's love in them being reflected towards each other. And towards God, as you mentioned in the Magnificat, right? So there's just so much love going on. It's all good, <laughs> but so I just wanted to say thank you for sharing all of that because it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to see the the wonderful good that can come from following God's will. And it, it made me think about the disposition that both of these women had to be in in order to receive these gifts. And so. My reflection on this actually started from another reading in the gospel of Luke, because when I first opened um, the Bible to kind of look for this particular passage, it actually landed on um, providentially, I think on Luke 11, 27 to 28, where Jesus is talking and this woman yells out to him something similar and says, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nurse you. And his reply similar to Elizabeth and almost sounding like you know did he diss mother mary in this but you know it is he's like no blessed rather well he didn't say no but he just said blessed rather are those who hear the word of god and obey it and at first you're kind of like whoa like why can't he just say yeah my mom's great you know but (laughs) but when you actually think about it he is right He's actually saying the same thing that Elizabeth said, which is um, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Jesus is saying the same thing, right? He's saying blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obeyed it. And like he's saying, this is what my mother did. This is what whoever listens to my father's word and obeys it is going to be blessed. And so that kind of stuck out to me when I was looking at these two readings and it made me think about, well, who's the word of God, but Jesus. So we are to obey him and what he's taught us through his earthly life. And what also is is kind of being said here is that there's a, a large proclamation of truth that comes with this whole thing, which is Mary believed that Jesus was the son of God and that God could work this miracle through her and bringing salvation to the world and creating this space where, you know, all of us could also be saved. So yeah, so Jesus as the word of God and Mary as the Theotokos, the the God bearer. It's like there's so much that the Lord is revealing to us. It follows from the annunciation to the visitation that we see that um, Mary then brings Jesus to everyone else. And then that's where the hope comes into the world as well. So she rushes into immediately going out there and sharing Jesus with everyone. And through Mary and the Holy Spirit, she brings um, Jesus to John, to Zachariah, to Elizabeth, and having all experienced this fulfillment of God's promise and the acceptance of this life that's been entrusted to them. Yeah, it just seems like there's just so much hope that's filled into that because now we can almost see it as Jesus being ready to come to our homes, being ready to meet us where we are and to save us. And when you think about like all the prayers that come from this meeting, then you have to know that this is such a holy moment. This is such a sacred moment. We have the words to the Hail Mary from Elizabeth. We have Mother Mary's Magnificat and we have Zachariah's Canticle. And, you know, these are things that are said daily in the church's prayers. And so this is like, such an iconic moment you know I don't know I could keep going but yeah it just I don't know there was just so much that was kind of flowing from all of it but I
1: I loved that thanks Rach and I actually like how there's there's a difference in what we shared but then this complementarity and bringing together right because yeah you reminded me that much later in life when Jesus does say Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. He is not insulting his mother. He's actually praising his mother because no one more perfectly obeyed the word of God than Mary. But I actually like that in doing this very slyly, he invites everyone into the image and conforming of being like Mary so that we can do the word of God, we can obey it. And and that really is the summation of the whole Christian life, right? The, The phrase that he says, the summation of the Christian life is to hear the word of God and obey it um, and surrender wholly to it. So yeah, I, I really like how your your reflection brought out that sense of mission that both women have and their prioritization of the will of God above all else. And that is the way that the profound blessing of life enters both of their situations. So I think for me, because we maybe summed up with the annunciation, some practical takeaways, uh, for me the practical takeaways that that I always get from this mystery and the graces that I pray for are to have a spirit of charity. Um, I actually try to think about moments in my life when I receive good news and think about how that good news is never really for me. It is only that which should make God look better. And just like Mary, with the reception of this amazing news of the Annunciation, There are moments in my life I am called to take my blessings and take the moments God has provided and use that as a way to bring hope and life to others' situations, right? And it's also uh, a realization that I should really share and be thankful for ways that God has brought light, but weirdly enough, only through a journey of darkness, First, So this may not be in the mystery explicitly, but I'm convinced that Elizabeth could only really enter into the joy of conceiving after so many years because she went through infertility for so many years, right? There could be a misconception that God was only acting in the good part, the news where, oh, they conceived after many years. But it's actually beautiful to think about how God must have been strengthening them as a couple and teaching them a greater surrender for all the years that Elizabeth and Zechariah could not have a child. And, and there was that buildup of waiting and trusting and then the ability to receive the news of the gift. What just flows very naturally from that for me is that even upon reception of the gift, the gift always has to be given back to God, right? All the goodness of our life has to be given back. And if I were Elizabeth, the selfish part of me would think, okay, I get this child and it's mine now, you know, I waited so long. And then if I figured out, guess what, my child is going to have to be a prophet and live pretty much an outcast life, right? And be rejected and come to obviously the brutal death of beheading. I would think this is surely not the will of God, right? This is not how the story should play out, that the only child, my firstborn son, should have this kind of a life. But it's actually amazing to me that Elizabeth and Zechariah have been launched into this moment of trust, such that this is not in the mystery, but we know that when it comes to giving John the Baptist to Jesus and letting him be the greatest prophet of Jesus in the kingdom of heaven, they have no hesitation in letting him live out his life in the way God wants him to. So, they receive the gift, and they also give back the gift to God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's so true, and that's a great practical tip. You know, is to be able to to remember that in everything we receive we have to be able to give it back to God and give him the glory for it. And as a legionary with the Legion of Mary, you know, the Magnificat is something that we pray every day. Um it's also in the liturgy of the hours, right? In the evening prayer. And it always reminds me of that too, like just this surrendering of everything that has come to me back to God. And like, does my soul magnify the Lord? You know, in my examine at night, this is like what goes through my mind. <laughs> like did my soul magnify the Lord today? Did I look at my day and see the favors that he has showered upon me and what have i done with those things if i receive them what did i do to give them back and and how else did i show charity to others and if i didn't how do i correct that the next day and so that whole idea of being given something and bringing glory to God and not yourself. is something that we forget often. We're very forgetful as human beings. And we forget so easily when we receive something good. We're like, yay for me. We forget to, to actually come back and say, thanks, Lord. Thank you. And we also forget to now give it to someone else and pass that love on and that charity on to others. Um, because we might have received what we wanted and now we can go on with our day and like every other human being will you know will say what else do i want <laughs> you know and we start thinking about the next thing that we're going to ask for so <laughs> it's like this whole um moment of of being able to like receive quietly ponder what it is that we are to do with this gift because every answered prayer is a gift and every gift is something we need to give back i think also one of the things that I would say practically as well is, am I ready to receive what God is ready to give me? And how do I make myself disposed to receiving that gift from him? And if we want to look at this story in this particular mystery, we hear Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. We hear Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So if we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to make sure there's room for the Holy Spirit so that we can actually... Do what we are called to do with whatever it is that we receive once the Holy Spirit does come to us, reminding ourselves like what did we do for our neighbor today? Just asking that question at the end of the day or before we start our day, like what can I give to my neighbor today? what What do I have that I can give to someone else right now? because I don't want to ignore my neighbor. I don't want to neglect my neighbor. So what can I do for him or her? Is there anybody in my life right now that needs something that I can offer?
1: Absolutely. That's the lessons really cohere well then. And that virtue just becomes apparent in all these mini lessons from from the mystery. So yeah. Any other any other thoughts?
0: I just wanted to to quickly jump on your your thought as well about suffering and um and how there's always sorrow with the joy. So it's like these individuals that we're talking about in this particular mystery all of them suffered. All of them. Not one of them escaped it. And so we have to remember that to do God's will and to bring god to the world is not going to be an easy journey when we're called to mission we're called to be courageous we're called to not be afraid if you run into challenges or obstacles you know just remember that the greatest joy comes from sometimes the greatest of suffering if we can alleviate one another's suffering by being there as brothers and sisters in christ this is what mary is showing elizabeth in this moment like we're not meant to shoulder these things on our own we're meant to go out together um and we see that in this mystery is that these two women are there to support one another and it's a beautiful exchange of love and their children connected just like all of us are connected it's just such a beautiful moment of being fruitful and multiplying (laughs) in in that moment of meeting one another and with love and so hopefully we can do that with one another as well
1: that's just so true I love to think about what this mystery leads to and this will be a whole other set of mysteries right with the, with the luminous but um, what this mystery leads to is that that setting up of the mission of John the Baptist to to be the forerunner of Christ, because these two women are are such a, an image bearer of God already. Um, so so lots to learn from them. Amen. And, um, I guess we will end or get close to the end, like we usually do, with recalling of God incidents. So where God was just in the last little while in our lives I think what was nice for me was personally I think I've definitely been going through a bit of a prayer drought or a spiritual dryness uh, maybe some of my prayers just feel like you know I'm going through the motions I'm not getting anything out of it but I want to persevere so what was nice actually recently was in the last week I ended up finding this little mini booklet in my purse that I didn't even know was in there and Maybe my husband sneakily kept it somewhere and then it ended up in my purse. So that was providential. But it's this little book of meditations by St. Alphonsus Liguori, and it just says visits to the Blessed Sacrament and to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I guess it's a book, uh, a very mini book of 30 short prayers, you can say, over the course of a month. So from day one to day 30, every time you're at the Blessed Sacrament, and hopefully you know, they're usually a Mary statue in a church. So every time you're you're visiting at church, you can actually have these conversations with Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament and Mary. And it's just beautiful little one page reflection. But I found myself very slowly but surely getting through it. I think I was up to day 15 of the 30. Is I spent 15 different times that I was at church doing this. And what was just nice was I loved how in that moment, I was reminded that prayer is just a conversation and a renewal of love before God, where I say, here I am, I'm imperfect, I'm a sinner, but you are much bigger than all of my faults and I just want to be here because I love you. So by actually sitting before the Blessed Sacrament and reading these reflections, I was reminded again about how much a relationship with God can just be talking to someone you love. And that can reignite my purpose and my mission in why I pray. So that was uh, mine. What about yours, Reach? I think my God incident this last little
0: bit was actually revolving around surrendering and relying on God and not myself. I found myself in the last two, three weeks just really, really busy. And just really working, uh, but not just at work, but also on other uh, projects and other things that I've been working on and also just family life and just kind of being there for others and just a lot on my plate. And I don't blame anyone because I think I take on a lot on my plate. And I think sometimes I take on too much. And then I find myself in this situation where I'm like, feeling that burnout or getting towards that burnout. And then I realize. I thought I could do this. I thought I could do this on my own. And you know what? I can't. And I found myself in front of the Blessed Sacrament and saying, you know what, God, I'm sorry that I put all of this on myself. And now I'm asking you to help me get through it. Because I should have relied on him through it all. And I wasn't stopping long enough to really bring him into that work. And so it was just a reminder of being able to rely on him more than the things that I thought I could do on my own. It's not about me taking on all of this work and completing it because I'm good enough to do this on my own, but actually because this is something he wills for me to do. Whether or not I take on that work is based on whether or not he wills for me to do this. And if he wills for me to do this, then I should remember that he will also give me what I need in terms of the grace to be able to complete this and so when i find myself in this situation of being overwhelmed or overburdened chances are i forgot to ask him what his his opinion was and whether or not he wanted me to do this particular work and whether or not this was something in his plan for me or whether i just took this on because i thought i was just able to take care of it and so yeah so it was just a nice reminder of being able to rely on him so Clearly, pulling back from some things and kind of readjusting the schedule and managing time a little bit better, um, according to what he would like me to do, um, has really helped kind of bring me back to a normal state of work and balance. So that was my
1: God incident in the last few weeks. So oh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's like a beautiful mess uh, where you I, I feel like as I heard you say that it was I was thinking about how you're sometimes meant to go through those moments of burnout and frustration and failure because it helps you realize that your own efforts are not getting you through life right it's, exactly. it's the reliance on him the reliance on him that actually gets you through so yeah I think actually you know and that actually makes sense as to why from time to time even people who feel that they're prayer masters can experience spiritual dryness because. dryness God is working through the prayer. Prayer is not this effort that I conjure up within myself, just like work or important tasks at work are not the self-effort exactly. of how much I want it to succeed. So yeah, exactly. it's exactly a nice, nice parallel <laughs> reminder. <laughs> All right. So should we wrap up this
0: episode uh, as we normally do with a Hail Mary? And uh, once again, we, Thank all of you for listening to us. It's been a real great gift for us to be able to continue to talk and share these reflections. And we hope that you're also finding these just as fruitful as we do when we talk with one another as well. So, okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all for listening. God bless. Bye, until next time.